there are my little joy buzzers and whoopee cushions. It's, yes. That one was real. <laughs> so, April Fool's Day episode of Trash South Street. Yes. I'm Lou. I'm Jamie Z. And by April Fool's Day, we mean it is April 1st we're recording this. Yes. That is it. So, I don't know, we're kind of running the steam already. Uh, I, I recorded something for you. Yeah. What? Oh my god. <laughs> it's Lords of Salem, your favorite part. Yeah. Yeah, I started learning French because of this. So, Jamie is showing me the. My god. I think we're going to cut out like a first fucking minute and 11 seconds of this show. Anyway, yeah, I just want to put that out. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? How's, uh, how are you doing, Lou? Hey, you know, I'm doing. Would you uh, care for a, a, a little bit of uh, these delicious assorted nuts? No. I've been apartment hunting, Jamie. Yes. It is the most horrible experience <laughs> anyone can go through. Yeah, I'm glad I don't do that. And it's say I'm, I'm back at square one. Like, every place I look either looks like shit or is way too expensive or I don't even know. You and should just be a squatter. I'm getting ready to. I think, I think like, cardboard boxes and uh, drug crippling drug habit is the way to go. Once you have a drug problem, you have no other problem. They say that the only problem is getting drugs. <laughs> according, just, to, according to Cecil B. Demented. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. I made myself a little tinfoil hat. Cool. Little, hmm. That's rad. Yeah. So what else is new? The, nothing. <laughs> I ran a race. Oh, did you? I did my the uh, Philly Love Half Marathon. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was good. Third time I did it. I just wanted to do it under two hours. I didn't so much have a goal. I kind of wanted to enjoy the run, which is kind of a shit goal. But uh, yeah. So I ended up being like, I want to do it under two hours. And I didn't mm-hmm. think I was going to beat last year's time. And I almost did. I did it in one hour and 57 minutes, and the year prior I did it in one hour and 55 minutes. Oh. I don't know if you saw any of that footage of like the girl whose like, legs buckled and they carried her across the finish Yeah, line. I did, yeah. I literally finished like two minutes ahead of her. Oh. I don't know if I would have stopped. Did you Did you run? Were you the one who you, like, actually pushed her, her down? You're like, hey, hey, hey. I stomped on her thigh. No, it was cool that people did that, but you're, I'd be like, oh my God, I could see the finish line. I, I don't know if I could do this, but... Here's something for you. Here's yeah. something. So right before you came over, yep. um, I was watching Pulp Fiction. Yes. 1993 or 94. I think it's 95. 95. It's a movie I love. Mm-hmm. I said, God damn. damn. I used to want to be Uma Thurman in that. So follow this logic. And okay. it actually involves Uma Thurman. Yeah. So at the beginning of Pulp Fiction, it sort of established that Marcellus Wallace, through Tony Rocky Horror, out of a four-story window, mm-hmm. um, ostensibly because he gave Mia Wallace a foot massage. Yes. And later, when confronted with this fact, Mia's like, the only thing he ever touched uh, was my hand on my wedding day. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the way Mia behaves through that exchange and the way she acts towards Vincent, yeah, uh, one of two conclusions. One, she fucked Tony Rocky Har. And is trying to fuck, like, very clearly, like, tried to have sex with him and then is trying to have sex with Vincent because it's her thing. Yeah. Or she tried to have sex with Tony Rocky Har. Tony told uh, Marcellus. Marcellus, who didn't believe him, threw him out the window, but then had Vincent go out on the date oh, to with set Mia up, see what to test one of, yeah. 
never know. I don't know. I think she's just a um, a cokehead. Well, she's you know not just a cokehead. She was an actress. Yeah, ketchup. Like ketchup. Oh man, I Fox have first five. Yeah, I have all the uh, VHS tapes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just that one episode. They only did a pilot, you know. Yes, I know. And it be she was uh, there was the Black Mamba and the Somerset O'Neill. My favorite is the French Fox because her specialty yes was sex. She also worked for the WWE. <laughs> Her name might have been a page of literature. Uh, what did you think? Eh, it's just like when she's like, I'm going to practice. Oh, my it's, God. I told you it should be sexy, and it's not. Yep. We got uh, we got some WrestleMania tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Uh. Might have a couple people over. Mm. It's about new with me. Yeah. Wow, this is so now. <laughs> we will be cutting out the first five minutes and 30 seconds of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. We should just stop now. All right, that's it, folks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's God. It's just been a shitty week. It's been raining a lot. Yeah. A lot of crap going on. Mm-hmm. So in any case, I guess maybe uh, we should just get to it. Would you like to uh, do a review first? Would yes, you? let me go first. All right. Do you sure you don't want any of these nuts? No. Okay. Being April 1st and all, yeah. I was originally, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a little something fun. I'm going to do, let's change it up a little. Mm-hmm. And I decided I was going to do Captain Beefheart Trout Mask Replica. Mm-hmm. Considered by many to be one of the top 100 albums of all time. One of the most influential albums. I don't get that. Well, we're yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> and I thought it'd be this fun little thing. And, you know, we'd laugh and be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Do you remember many Christmases ago when you got Geely? Yes. And we were going to sit down and watch it. I felt... And having the exact same thought, and then we had to... We got 10 minutes in and couldn't... And just couldn't do it because it was not That's funny. That's I was listening to this album. Yes. Yeah. And I like, love Frank Zappa, mm. and I know that Captain Beefheart has done a lot of work with Frank Zappa. Yeah, they were buddies. Yeah. Although supposedly... They were in um, the Mothers together. And they went to high school together. Yeah. And supposedly... Uh, <laughs> Captain Beefheart eventually creeped out Frank Zappa. I would not be surprised. So, disclaimer. I understand that this kind of music... And it's not new, it's like 1969. 1969, yeah. I understand that this kind of music is very influential and very arty, and every musician on earth will talk about how great it is, and I'm sure it is, and I don't get it. And that said, if you like this album, you're probably a bad person. I'm not like not like Kitty Fiddler bad, but like Kitty Fiddler. You know, like touching kitties. <laughs> but you're probably like pushing old woman out of line in the pharmacy while she needs her heart medicine so you can get Valtrex bad. <laughs> so Trout Mask Replica. I'm gonna show Jamie just the notes I wrote before I start reading from them. Say sadness. Yes, it says sadness. <laughs> so that's the thing, so two fucking hours of garbage it was it was upsetting to listen to i was honestly getting like upset it was bothering me i couldn't i got through the first three songs and at first i told you like i thought it didn't dawn on me that it was the original captain beefheart i thought it was like something silly i'm like is is lou trying to torture me because he kind of sounds like tom waits at times so. And I was just like, no, this is just fucking awful. And uh, and then I was like, oh, it's Captain Beefheart from Frank Zappa, who is seems to, I, without ever listening to anything he did solo, 
I would be like, oh, this must be really good because Frank Zappa, he's not everyone's t- t- cup of tea, but he mm-hmm. makes good music. Yeah. And I was like, nope. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go and watch a horror movie. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up Tom Waits. Yes. As Avril Lavigne... <laughs> Skater Boy? ...is to punk. <laughs> In this instance, Tom Waits <laughs> is to Captain Beefheart. <laughs> And Tom Waits is pretty fucking esoteric. Yeah. And that's how, like, just... look Like, experimental is a very nice way of saying it. It's just a fucking... It's a mess. I didn't listen enough of it to absolutely loathe it. Oh, it only gets worse. <laughs> it gets bad, it gets worse. Like, and I'm a fan of, like... I'm a fan of noise. I like noise rock. I love weirdness for the sake of weirdness. I like crazy things. I like when the, the beat decouples from the melody... And it creates like a crazy... It's... I don't know. I'm infuriated. Why did you decide to choose that instead of... Because I thought it would be a fun little thing. <laughs> this would be fun because someone... I had heard something like, Oh, you know, it's a weird album. Blah, blah, blah. And I never actually listened to it. And I'm sorry I did. In physics... Uh-huh. There's something called destructive interference. Okay. It's basically when waves of a certain amplitude collide with each other. Yes. And Is they, it like the brown note? It's, it's sort of. <laughs> If you take two speakers and they're playing music and you bring mm-hmm. them within a certain distance, the music suddenly turns to shit. Yeah. It's because the sound waves are destroying each other. Okay. Like it would destroy your colon. <laughs> yeah. That's what this music did to my brain. I swear to God. Like I was, I could not think, like I was forgetting what I was listening to. I could not, I could not form coherent thoughts other than the frown that was scowled on my face. Were you just upset that all the rain washed away your snow dogs? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Peanut? Peanut. No, no, no peanuts. Um, here are a few songs. Uh, the greatness that is fucking Captain Beefheart. Neon Meat Dreams of Octafish. Which is just him saying like nonsense. China Pig, which was kind of bluesy in an abortive, dystopian sort of way. Um, I like that one. Dahlia's Car. More fucking nonsense. It's just all this. It's like... I can't believe you took notes. I did take notes. It reminded me of... Ten-year-olds pretending to be drunk. That's what the lyrics were. Like, hey! Or like stoned. People who've never done drugs acting like they're on drugs. And it's just... I don't know. It's... I understand that people like... like It's like whatever. Maybe it's technically sound or whatever. I would love to know. I would really love to know what someone... That, when someone can listen to this and what they... How they can actually pull something of value from it. Well, maybe that's what you ask. If someone listens... If the three people that listen to this podcast maybe can give you some insight of why they like it. Uh, they don't like it. No one <laughs> likes Captain Beefheart. It's supposed to be... I was like, oh, I'm fun and I'll make fun of... Blah, blah, blah. But no, it was just... It was just... Too much. I. It's like music from space. I don't <laughs> know. And I don't want to sound like a grandma and I don't sound like I don't get it, but Jesus Christ... <laughs> Captain Beefheart, Trout Mask Replica. Yeah. I did not make it through the whole thing. I made it about an hour in. Oof. And it was like, I get the fucking point. <laughs> um, you lasted longer than I. Yes. But I really thought you might have been serious with it, because I'm like, yeah. Well, I was going to do a, a serious <laughs> review, but not... In retrospect, I will say, I see the malignant influence... Wasn't there of, like, um, sorry, go ahead. Of this type of music mm-hmm. in other things a little bit. But anyway, go ahead. Didn't uh, Matt Groening 
I read on Wikipedia that he was like super influenced by it. Yes, people say that. Um, um Tom Waits actually says like well, he's influenced by it. I could tell. You know, you know who is also influenced by it? The diarrhea I had last week because <laughs> it was like that only going into my brain, and God knows what it replaced. I just don't More know. More diarrhea because all you do is shit. And it's a, well, yeah, yeah, it's because of this music. This music is musical shit for my ears. It is audio garbage. And thank God I didn't play it. I buy it. <laughs> Trout mask replica. It ruined my entire life. All right. <laughs> ruined it. Anyway, what do you got for me, Jamie? Uh, storm clouds cloak the sky. Mm. They're out of Chicago, Illinois. The album came out March of this year. Post-punk, indie slash emo rock. It's her first release, and uh, I listened to a interview with the, the guy uh, Lugs on Anxious and Angry, and that's how I end up stumbling upon it. And they, he said he, they've been writing the album for a few years. Weird album. Did you listen to it? I did. I would say it has like a post-punk sound to it. Kind of, I hear a little Fugazi in it sometimes, mm. a little, as little of Sam I Am as I've listened to. I know one of the guys was in that band, I believe, and it sounds a little bit... I even get a little Pretty Girls to Make Graves. You have lead singer as a male, and you have like some female in background, uh, or backing vocals. <clears throat> the organ. There's an organ in every song, mm. or Moog, whatever, yeah. keyboard. Mm-hmm. And some songs I feel it really fits well. Other songs I kind of would like to hear it without it. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. The sound is almost heavy, and I think the organ softens it, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It has, like, those, wander, as you would say, wandering guitar strings. It's, it's. I, I can't put my finger on it. My favorite song off that album is Lost on Magnolia, and it's kind of a catchy, heavy guitar. Um, it has kind of a fugazi, at least vocal sound to it, a little at the drive-in to it. It's, uh, the lyrics are very poetic and thoughtful. It's just... The, the whole album is just, I think, very unique, and they have their own sound. Like, I, I cannot tell you what they release. And it's not, like, a bad thing. Some, sometimes I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Other times I'm like, not so into it. It just depends on my my, my feel. So so give me your take, because uh, I found it hard. He Like, even listening to the interview with the guy, he was just like, we don't sound like anything, and that's, mm-hmm. like, anything you can really pin down, which is cool. I appreciate that. All right. Um, really like the instrumental part. Mm-hmm. Did not particularly care for the vocals. Okay. I refer to them as hangover vocals. If we're to be perfectly honest, and this is 100% true, the Captain Beefheart was still lingering on me, and it just, I mean... <laughs> I you weren't so much into it? I, like the the music, mm-hmm. the instrumental stuff. Just like needed, the instrumental a, different, part, just needed the, a different vocals. The, yeah, the vocals, they were slightly off. They were a little jarring for my taste. And there are a lot of, I mean... It's not used to this band. There are other bands, I feel like. Yeah. I think, for instance, uh, Metallica would be a great instrumental band if fucking James Hetfield would just keep his mouth shut. I don't mind, dude. I, I, it was different enough that I was like, oh, I like it, but then he would sing. It and kind I was of like, almost eh, has like this, uh, at times, almost like a Dinosaur Jr., like post-grunge type feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just couldn't put my finger on it, and then I like that about a band. Um, it took me a few listens, as I said, like the first time I listened to it, I'm like, okay, this is okay. There was like, you know, as I said, the one standout song with that, it was that Lost on Magnolia. And then other times I'm like, I kind of wish there was an organ. I kind of feel like that might take it, take away the edginess to it or something. And then other times yeah. I'll listen to it and be like, I like the organ. So it just is what it is. Um, it's not a bad release whatsoever. I'm actually interested in what other people would think. It's yeah. it, uh, 
brush, breath of fresh air at uh, times. A brush of fresh air. Brush of fresh air. It's just different. As I said, I'm not talking smack whatsoever. It's just mm. uh, a different type of release. Mm. And that is uh, that is about it. Give it a listen. It's not my favorite thing to listen to. I think it's, but I might think it's even it's great in like uh, in two months. Who knows? Oh, uh. also, um, now we're talking. About, I reviewed Crusades last week, and you were like, "Oh, I wonder if the dates have something to do." Mm-hmm. So I got New Noise magazine in uh, the mail yesterday, yeah. and they had a ar- article on Crusades, and apparently, what the dates are. Yeah. His, are poems that he really liked. So I guess each song, I don't know if the name has to do with a poem or, um, but it's one of his favorite like poems about like death. Oh, and, really? Like, and huh. the, he just puts the, the date of it. So that's what that is. I hey. guess uh, um, there's a couple, a couple of guys in the band, like they had a couple loved ones passed away mm-hmm. with cancer and stuff. So it has yeah. a lot to do with like death and stuff like that. Ah. So that's what the dates are from. Ah. For a yeah. follow-up. Oh, Spoiler alert. Spoilers. That's not really a spoiler no. alert. Um, but I thought that was kind of neat. Like, yeah, cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However. However. Thank the fucking angels above and the devils below for Ty Seagal. Ty Seagal. Uh, Cashew? No. <laughs> oh. Ty Seagal. Indie garage rock. Mm-hmm, I know multi-instrumentalist yeah produced a lot of bands he did uh he had something to do with the uh x cult that i did a few uh, yeah time he produced a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um son of jonathan livingston Seagal. Mm-hmm. that's a literature joke for you fucking nerds yeah he's not li- steven seagal's son it could be i think i think he has a two dad home yes no my jonathan. two dads was based off ty Seagal. yeah yeah Jesus Christ. <laughs> Paul Reiser was in that. Yeah, he was. And, then, and the other guy and the girl. I don't know if the other guy and the girl did anything ever. I don't remember. It'd probably be something sad, like... Like they... I don't know. I can't think don't of Don't even say anything. The judge... <laughs> the, the old woman who was the judge who somehow ordered them to... Oh, I don't remember what the judge looked like. There was like a... Four, because she was on night court. I don't know. Uh, okay, oh. okay, Ty Seagal. All right. <laughs> Take two. <coughs> Ooh, Jesus Christ. Sat on a whoopee cushion just now. <laughs> oh. oh, And it must be leaking methane. Yeah, I think it leaked It must farts. be leaking dead woodchucks. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ty Seagal, this is his ninth album. It's sort of this weird hodgepodge of garage rock, psychedelica, folk, uh, glam. Mm-hmm. Whole bunch of stuff, and the album is also called Ty Seagal, quite coincidentally. Yes. Uh, and I really love this album. I thought it was very good. Yeah, it's um, it flirts Jamie with a lot of musical tropes. Yes. Oh, uh, which is a phrase that I thought of while waiting to check out at the Wegmans. Okay. It doesn't actually mean anything, but it sounds very self-important. Yeah. He flirts with musical tropes, Jamie. Yeah. And you get a whole bunch. You do get a whole bunch of this album. You he get. He tickles the prostate. With his musical tropes. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, the easiest way to describe this album is like it's garage rock with elements of, and I put in quotes, lots. Yeah. There's a lot of different things. Brought from a lot of different things. There are um, street songs that are like Beatles. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I really noticed it. So it opens up with Break a Guitar, which is this really weird, it has these like 80s 
style guitar riffs and like squealing. It's almost mocking mm-hmm. genre, but it's very good. And after that, you know, it does change it up a lot. You have some, you have some really bluesy stuff like uh, talking. Okay. It's sort of this honky tonk blues beat, or um, there's the one that's a lot more like Detroit rock, like the White Stripes one, closing whatever I can't remember. Said so, thank you, Mr. K, as a companion to I like uh, thank you, Mr. K. Mr. Brownstone, only it's about ketamine. <laughs> That and I think the Freedom song, which was the second song, was my favorite. Yes, I'm gonna. Yeah, Freedom, which, by the way, anytime anyone sings about Freedom, it seems like some sort of like fucking 70s hippie protest thing. <laughs> or George Michael. Or George Michael. No, it's a different I have a little fun story to tell you after you're done uh, interview. With does it this involve? Album. No, it's with this album. Oh, I thought it was like how George Michael had to go to that hospital that <laughs> no, one time. No, no. And that little Kim was there and Rod Stewart because they were all getting their stomachs uh, pumped. And I can't think of everyone else who's ever been tied to Marilyn Manson. Like I said, there's a lot of different things there. My two favorite songs would be, um, oh, the fucking one that sounds exactly like a Beatles song. Uh, I didn't write any of them down. Orange. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, the orange uh, girl or orange. Ugh, there's going to be a lot so, of So, okay, since there's a lot of downtime, I looked this up on YouTube to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So, I couldn't find, like, a, it was just all one um, track. Yeah. So someone in the comments put the tra- track site, uh, track listing, yeah. and, but it was a joke one, and I didn't get it. It was all had to do with bacon. Oh, really? So it was all like Miss Piggy driving Mr. K. So like all I oh. would have been, I was going to be like free bacon is my favorite. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It like it, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really dumb, but uh. Anyway, Orange Color Queen. Yes. yes. Which is a very Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Um, which. I would say, like, you don't really hear, for for the Beatles being the Beatles, yeah. The I'm trying to work the word now, avoid the word quintessential. Quintessential. But you know, the band. You don't. Yeah. See, I feel like you don't hear a lot of people who are have straight Beatles influence anymore. I hear you. People would say what Oasis, I guess, back in the day. Yeah, Oasis, Ty Segal. But um, more so than um, Orange Color Queen, mm-hmm. which is a love song to his girlfriend. Oh, okay. I would say uh, the the Bert and Ernie of the album Freedom and Warm Hands would yeah, be my favorite, especially Warm Hands. Now, what is Warm Hands, you might ask? It's this weird, it's basically a, for lack of a better word, a 10-minute performance piece that has a lot of everything in it. It's definitely the most glammed out track. And you have some really... You have a little Bowie-esque in there. I was going to say, yeah, very, yeah. Vocally, it does remind me of, like, some Ziggy Stardust era David Bowie. But you have a lot of, like, squealy, heavy, psychedelic guitars. You have noise. You have, God help me, some of that Captain Beefheart bullshit. And the best part is, around five minutes in, it turned into almost rock opera. It reminded me of fucking Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. I actually, as I was it's driving... It's too long of a song. It's not too long. So ten minutes is fine. But as I was driving, Oops, and that part, I started to do the choreography to how I would dance oh, to it God. in my head. And it's it's just great. I can't even, I don't and even want to think of it. So. I've seen you dance. Yeah, it's great. I'm like a Barishnikov. <laughs> uh-huh. Or a Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Before he became an actor. So that's it. It's like ten minutes uh, of greatness. I thought the album was very good. It was very good. Um, the final, so there's a hidden like track called Untitled mm-hmm. that basically is half a riff 
that's the first riff of Break My Guitar, Break the Guitar, Break a Guitar. Yeah, I, I've never, I've listened to him never in entirety. Like, I know he's been around for a long while, mm-hmm. and I would hear him get played on, like, XMU, or I would stumble across some other places, but this is the first time I actually, like, sat down and listened to him as a whole album. And I, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I have some of his stuff. I think I have Emotional Muggers, the only one I remember. A lot of people like that one. Hunt through the, the depths of my hard drive. Yeah. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's a bad inter- That's a bad review, but that's a good album. <laughs> no, anyway, I don't think go it's ahead. A bad review. Almond. No. Okay. For me, turn that page. FYPM. You know what this stands for? No. Fuck you. Pay me. Whoa! I don't. <laughs> then like... FYPM. Dumb down off Tank Crime Records in Cleveland. To the Cleveland heat. Yeah. yeah. Precious Ohio. Yeah. Tony Erba. Singer of Nine Shocked Terror, Face Value, plenty of hardcore bands. Um, his new band, I actually saw them a couple years ago. They opened for H2O, and Mark, I didn't even know who they were. Mark's like, dude, that's Nine Shocked Terror. Mm-hmm. They have a new band. I was like, really? And yeah, it was, amazingly enough. Mm-hmm. And they put on a crazy live show. They're like lighting shit on fire and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Tony Erba's been in, this, in the punk scene and hardcore scene for a long, long time. And I'm a sucker for fast, thrashy, hardcore punk, and that's what it is. Yeah. Um, they do a nine songs in 18 minutes. As I said, fast, fast, thrashy, aggressive, in your face. And the first song is Dumb Down. More about, like, I, I read the lyrics, actually, read the lyric sheets. And it's about the smugness of, like, these new punk bands and how, like, Ooh, I get what he's talking about, because I'm old. And, uh, yeah, as I said, it's kind of, um, thrashy, uh, barked vocals, and it, that song to me has the most, like, Nine Shocks terror feel about it. Mm. Douche Chills, which I think is an awesome song, is just pretty much about asshole hipsters around Steuben City Limits, and the, the, uh, the chorus goes, Rapist! Rapist! <laughs> I don't know if you got that far in it. No, I didn't. But it's, not. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's about, um... Sports rape culture, actually. Oh. And then the one of the last songs, You Hate Me and I Hate You. It sounds like a cover. I can't put my finger on it, but it's an awesome, awesome sound. It has kind of a... It's more more punk rock than, than thrash. Also, the, the second song on the album, which I didn't I didn't understand it until I read the lyrics, is called Amosexual, and it's all about the gun culture and the pro-Fox News people, oh. like the assholes that we see driving around the gun show. Like the Trump guy? Yeah. That, there's there's a guy that the, uh, rocked-out Trump uh, pickup. He actually had Trump make America great again stenciled on his pickup. And I swear he just circles around the convention center. Yeah. It's crazy. Some people feel strongly. So I, after reading the lyrics of that, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Pretty good. So, yeah, lyrically, they're very, like, socially, politically aware. I like that they address, like, the whole rape culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Guns, heroin, race. They're, they're, I like them. Mm. I like them when they're nine shots. I like all their Tony Urba's mm. bands. And um, at first, the first half of this album, which is only 18 minutes, I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. It's kind of like the same old stuff. But I kind of like the last half a little better. But altogether, I think it's, mm. after a couple listens, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I wish this style was still around. And uh, as I said, I'm a sucker for like thrash, and like uh, you know, thrash hardcore stuff. Yeah. But. So fuck you, pay me. What did oh. you think? Did you listen? At I all? didn't care for the crass lyrics. The crass lyrics. <laughs> no, I did. I liked it actually. I liked it. I did. Right I know. Now, I didn't think like it'd be that. your your cup of tea, but I I. I it I, falls in that category of stuff I would not listen to on my own. Mm-hmm. 
keep Sorry, it. I'm trying to stifle a hiccup right now. Ah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like, I was like, oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else? I forgot I did read a book. A, a book? A book of words. Whoa, no, I do not. I read Chrissy Hines' autobiography, Reckless. Mm. My life is a pretender. Precious. <laughs> I'm not going to play the song Precious again. Note, everybody. I did that last week. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, I was at the bookstore. They stole the bookstore? What's a bookstore? You mean you mean Amazon? No, nah, it was actually at Barnes & Noble. Oh. I was looking at kids' books, but we passed the... Um, the music section session mm. section and I was like, Oh shit, I didn't know Chrissy Hines had a book out. And apparently she it was out in two thousand fifteen, so it's mm-hmm. still a couple years old year old. And it was it was decent. She talks about growing up in Ohio and how she was actually at Kent State when the shooting happened. Oh wow. I had no idea. I didn't mm. know she was not saying that she's super old, but I I thought she was a little younger. Mm-hmm. How she loves music. She was like a huge Iggy Pop fan. Yeah. I guess she uh, at one point in time like, got high or drunk with them, and they fell asleep in the same bed, and she woke up, and she's like, I woke up in the same bed, and yeah. Iggy Pop. She also worked at Malcolm McLaren's sex shop. Ooh. Was good friends with uh, Steve Jones and Sid Vicious. She almost married Sid to stay in England. Ah. She apparently gave him the little lock. She doesn't really talk too much about it. It was more like these locks were all over Well, her. the lock thing, I think I knew from... Yeah, it's been in a decline of Western books. civilization. Yeah. And then, like, she talks about, like, growing up, and her parents were really, like, just, you know... Blue collar, working class folk, um, and she talks about being like so innocent and how she was like hanging out with all these mm-hmm. rockers, but how they were virgins. And she mentions it like, like just enough times to be like a little awkward. Yeah. And then she's just, and then she's like, I started drinking, and then I started fucking <laughs> more or less. Mm. And then she's like, and then this becomes a book about drugs, and she talks about all the drugs. Wow. She kind of flirts, saying like she doesn't really say she did heroin, but you kind of get the feeling she did. Yeah. But she wasn't like uber bad into it. Yeah. Talk about the how the pretenders got together. Kind of is really short. It's like I don't think the pretenders were together that long, which I didn't know. I think they only put out like two or three albums. Like their original lineup was only maybe like an album or two. I think they put out more than that, but I guess not. And then she's like, oh, one of the guys. She one of the original guys. I can't remember if his name was Pete. She kind of like dated a little bit and then they didn't and then he got into heroin and he died mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the end of the original Pretenders. She said she tried to get it back together and they put out maybe an album or two but yeah. it was never the same. Mm. And then it was like over. Yeah, oh, alright. <laughs> Literally like 15, se- 15 pages, or not 15, like 50 yeah. pages wrapped up the Pretenders. Huh. So said, uh, a good book. I, re- I liked it. I would have liked to hear more about After the Pretenders because yeah. she's like, oh yeah, things were starting to go like wrong. I got married to Ray Davies. Like she barely mentions Ray Davies. Well, I don't think. And then she's like, I had a kid, and then it's literally like ten pages. Like I got the impression that whatever, just from listening to interviews, whatever, like that thing with Ray Davies and her must have either ended really, really badly. bad. Yeah, apparently it seemed like he might have been cheating, but she didn't seem to be the most chaste. Yeah. Also, she talks about Lemmy a little bit. I didn't hear about the, the Coke stuff with him. She's hanging out with a lot of bikers, and I think I mentioned it last yeah, that episode they... that she might have been, like, blowing a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. like, more or less, like, forced into it. So it was a very interesting book. I liked it. I just would have liked to hear a little more about later in life. Yeah. Like, it almost seemed like it was, like, 1987, and it just stops. Ah. And then she's like, that's it. Bye-bye. <laughs> he's like, I'm tired, now. Now. I'm tired of writing now. I'm old. But yeah. I had no idea about Kent State. No, I didn't either. Kind of crazy. That's weird. And she talks about tattooed love boys yeah. and being in England. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It's, it's worth, if you're interested in the pretenders or stuff like that. Yeah. 
It's like every other rock and roll book when it comes down to. Yeah. So that's uh, Reckless, My Life as a Pretender, Chrissy Hines. Well, what would surprise you in a rock and roll book? What do you want to say that would be like, oh, that's different? Um, I don't know. Was it? Who was? was it's funny enough, like, Debbie Harry's one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was her. Then, like, Ted Bundy offer someone a ride home supposedly it was her yeah. supposedly it was just hitchhiking and he pulled over and she got a bad vibe from him that's the the story and then when he was they were doing the Boston Strangler thing she recognized him Debbie did? Debbie Harry like on TV she's like oh my god Al Bundy is the Boston Strangler no Al Bundy's Al Bundy? Ted Bundy you said, you said Al Bundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted Bundy Ted Bundy is the Boston Strangler no he is I don't think he is yeah, I think he is Let's look it up. We look it up. We're going to race. We're racing on our phones. I know this is very exciting. I thought Ted Bundy was Cal. Like, no, no, it would have been New York for Debbie Harry. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, American. American. We can cut this out. No, we can't. This is important. Somebody's like, you fucking idiots. Unidentified serial killer. Mm. Uh, Crimes were attributed to Albert Albert DeSalvo. Yeah. So, yeah. Ew, did you fart again? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Albert DeSalvo. Mm-hmm. So it was not Ted Bundy. But it was Ted Bundy was the Debbie Harry story. Which I remember as a kid, when he was getting executed, or he uh, represented himself, and then they sentenced him to life, death. And I just remember, I believe he was executed, and that was like kind of a big deal. I remember being, I think, in fifth grade. And everyone's like, you should just shoot him in the head and strangle yeah. him. It was just kind of odd because i don't know if how urban legend the debbie harry thing is i like says i never read any of her autobiography yet i probably will soon mm. i know with ted bundy true crime writer and something Lebowitz. no Lebowitz. what i just i just say names like a um she worked with him Oh really? At like a some type of crime or like suicide hotline, mm-hmm. they worked with each other. I cannot mm-hmm. for the life of me remember her name, but she's a true true crime author. It says here that he was a a rapist, a burglar, and a necrophile. Ooh. Ew, serial killer is one thing, <laughs> but necrophile. It's gonna drive me crazy. And what the fuck is her? Well, uh, would you like to care for a Brazilian nut? No. Oh. Talking about serial killers, so I watched a couple of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, what horror movies did you watch? It Follows. Yeah. Um, I watched The Invitation. Yeah, I have not watched yet. It's good. Mm-hmm. And I just watched Exeter last the- night. It's a director who did Friday the 13th remake, Texas Chainsaw remake. Mm. Did a did a bunch of videos. Actually did the um, Spiderwebs No Doubt video. Ah bunch of videos like from amy grant to like as i said no doubt and a shitload of commercials it was pretty good it's like kind of a um low budget movie which didn't get the greatest reviews but i thought was actually not bad mm-hmm. i liked i liked everything i saw I, it follows i thought was really good yeah i really liked it follows. very original um the invitation i thought was fantastic yeah i haven't seen it yet and uh, as I said, Exeter I thought was decent. Mm. I still have to watch Green Room, which was recommended to me. Which um, oh, is that the one that was just out? Patrick Stewart. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Uh, J D. Craco. Um, ah. recommended it to mm-hmm. me. So what do you think of it? Follows. I really liked it. It um, it freaked me out when you see someone just knocking on a door and just following. And what follow- do you think of? Well, I don't want to say. So that it anything. follows. Spoilers. It's essentially about a 
an STD monster. <laughs> the curse if you have sex. So if you have sex... With someone that has the curse, you pass yeah, it on. Yeah, you pass it on, and it's... it's you, You're the only one who could see this creature. And it could be someone from your past. And it appears as... Yeah, it always appears stranger. as a person, but it could be a stranger. It could be someone you know. And it can... It can't run... It'll walk yeah. towards you, and it always walks towards you, like, I guess, in a... Like, yeah. The shortest route possible. It was creepy. And yeah, I the one thing I didn't really like, like um, or not like, they didn't really explain her family situation. Like you, you might see her mom once, mm-hmm. and I want to say she was day drinking. Yeah, but you're not even sure because you never see her again, and you know that there's a father not in the picture because they're like never home. Oh, you didn't read. The, so did you read like at the I end? Read, yeah, I, I read. Well, I sent you that article. That, where they talk about where it's... The dad that's in the, the dad. pool. Yeah. And that's yeah. why she's like, I can't tell you what he looks like. Yeah. Which was kind of creepy mm-hmm. if you think of, like... You, yeah. But you almost have to read into it. But I, I thought it was really good. The invitation's more of a... There's a, a couple that invites a bunch of old friends together. Mm-hmm. They, they had a tragedy happen. And they're trying to just kind of... Everyone get together and have fun and kind of put everything behind them. And they invite the ex-husband, who is uh, the guy that um, is in Prometheus that gets the Prometheus disease. Is oh. he's like Tom Hardy's little brother? It looks like. Yeah, yeah. He's the main character, and he it's his ex-wife, and mm-hmm. um, you find out a bunch of different stuff about him, and they actually had a kid together, and something happened to the child. But there's also this like weird undertone, other stuff that's going on, and you're just wondering if there's some cultish activity going on. Yeah. And you're just trying to figure out if it's just him not getting over stuff, or something actually is happening, or there's drugs involved. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. It's definitely uh. worth a watch. Exeter, the last movie I yeah. watched last night, is about a mental institution. It reminded me of straight uh. up of um, Penhurst a little bit. Yeah. They do a bunch of... It was like an asylum for the feeble-minded, and apparently mm-hmm. they were doing experiments on children and torturing, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it closes down. There was a big fire, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they're about to, like, pretty much demolish this house. So, um, and it's, uh, the church has something to do with it. Yeah. So they decide to have, like, a big party in the house, and stuff goes awry. Ooh. But they do a good job with it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good, like, beef flick. I would recommend as I said, it got bad reviews. It only got like a four out of ten. Yeah. But I thought it was a straightforward, fine horror movie. Like, it didn't bother me. Like, people like seem to think they want more than they as can't you said, accept putting a lipstick on a pig. Yes, yes, many years ago. They, yeah, and that's true. Like yeah. I, I just thought it was it was good. Yeah. And that's my the horror movies I've been uh, watching. Uh, I've been in the horror movies. So if anybody has any good other recommendations, I'm uh, looking for them. The only horror movie I've been watching is Ken Burns' The West. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you see Witches yet? No, I haven't okay. seen Okay, tell yet. me about The West then. I'll talk about I think it. it's, a, it's a documentary on The West, and it's... Manifest I'm going to spoil Destiny, it. Man. I saw it, yeah. Gold the Rush. white man wasn't particularly good to the, the red man. Yeah. And they actually fight because they say that it's the Awful. largest, the largest, like, loss of Native American life was during the gold rush. It's amazing when like that just... you don't learn any of this. Like I took a lot of Native mm-hmm. American history yeah. that I mean I was almost going to teach on an Indian reservation. Yeah. It's amazing how it's kind of just skipped over and just so much bad shit and like I get why you don't want to talk about it but mm. So I mean are the I mean it's Kimber so I feel like there's kind of documentaries it's really good. They talk um, about the Sandy Creek rebellion or anything. Didn't get there yet. So 
Like the first one is all it's all Native American and Spanish contact, mm-hmm. and how good old Vasco da Gama was like a slave for two years by them. Oh, really? Well, he apparently was, but then some people say because he was like a noble, it, he was like a slave by like his standards, but he was actually kept quite. Nice. It's hard to say, but basically, he was like a prisoner, but lived like a king kind of. Some people say, but I know he. Um, he, After two years, he, he didn't get dessert, so he's like, oh, I'm a No, I think it was more than that. Like, he had to do physical labor, but mm. he also might have been, they might have whipped him and he was naked and supposedly, like, he would pick, like, plant, like, sugar cane or whatever hmm. till his hands would be, who knows? Anyway, it's just interesting because I never heard that Vasco de was a captive of the Anitrius. I like Kemburn stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, you know, it's the West. I just, How many uh, episodes is it? Six or eight. Oh, okay. And they're actually shorter episodes. It's not like... Um, Netflix or Amazon? Fire? Netflix, but okay. uh, disc, not... Uh, uh, okay. So it's good. I think we're approaching the Civil War. Ooh, I've... You know the Civil War is 25... Well, this is not... <laughs> Ken Burns' The Civil War is like 30, 25 to 30 oh, years really? old. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I went and rewatched some of it, um, and I was like mind-blown. Because I remember when it came out, I was in high school, and, you know... Yeah. I was like, that was like five years ago! Yeah. I started watching the Civil War. They took it off streaming, and they put it back on mm-hmm. recently. So I actually it's have good. to start watching them from from the beginning. Blah, blah, blah. It's good. I, I think I think they kind of um, revised a little bit in the mm. mid two thousands or something. Yeah. Like that. I don't remember. Oh, the South winds now. Yes, they do. In Trump's America. Oh. I also watched the witch, the witches, or the witch. Yeah. Uh, out last year. I thought it was. I thought it was very good. It's a very slow movie. Like Nick Crowley was like wasn't into it, and I get it because it's really slow. Yeah. And I'm interested. You should watch it. It, it is on. It's on Amazon Fire Stick. I don't know yeah. if you have that. No, I don't. It's slow, but you like. It's interesting. It's. I can't remember if they're in like Rhode Island or Boston. Mm. It was. I guess it was before Salem or. So anyway, this family is kind of... I don't know if they're banished or they leave on their own. I can't remember. I'm three beers in. Yeah. And uh, so they find their own little cottage and make their own little farm on the like outskirts of these like little woods. And there's um, a baby, two twins... Oh, I saw an advertisement for that. A All right. boy. I did it was see, out like yeah. last year. I know. Two, All right. I know you're talking about. And a girl, about. okay? Yeah. And at first, like... The baby goes missing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the one older brother goes missing and comes back and is, like, possessed. Yeah. The whole thing without getting giving anything away, I mean, it's a couple years old, but I want you to watch it because I'm interested. A lot of people told me to watch it. You wonder if the little, if the one girl, the main character, is a witch. Is it because they're, like, starving, famine, and then you see, like, corn kind of rotting? Like, is it the mold? Yeah. Or... Was there actual witches? Mm. And I don't want to... The ending is just kind of like amazing. It's not amazing, yeah. but it's kind of interesting. Or is there a animal spirit type character yeah. that's possessed? So, um, uh. so anyway, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at TrashTowStreet.com. Yes. And that's really where people just go, so you might as well just go there. Yeah, pretty much. Um. I have, we have a Twitter... We have an Instagram that I never go on. No. You can go on our website. I think some people actually listen to this, the, the this on the website. Yeah, I think so too. Trashsouthstreet.com. Trash mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we'll have a topic next week, next week or Well, next some. time we do it. You know, yeah. Who knows? It's going to be a busy month. Yeah, yeah. April is not 
is a packed month. Yeah. Not that I'm doing that much, but I have a wedding next week. I got a wedding in two weeks. I got, like, birthdays. Ooh, someone has a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Big Orange Kitty. No, we know. Big I don't Orange think you can have a, a birthday I think me and Sharsha are going out for my birthday. Yeah. She probably would. And then she probably would shoot down to hang out with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's all our information. Peanut? Would you like a nut? No. Are you sure? Fine. Fine. Give me your fucking nuts. Let's get this over with. Here's these nuts! (laughs) 